walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, a biker, the hardest part of the ring, Kyle, my name. Rev up your engines, everybody. It's time to get wild. Hog wild. 1996. I'm telling you. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing a lot, but boy, howdy. Not a lot. I mean, I don't have a lot of chest hair going, but I try. All you can do is try, but we got some WCW on our hands today. A little pay-per-view called Hog Wild 1996. Don't know if you've heard of it. We are in the summer of 1996. WCW where are we at where are we at in history oh i don't know we're just following up on maybe the most significant heel turn in pro wrestling history bash at the beach we covered it uh not too long ago it's the previous wcw show that we've covered by the way if you are interested in reliving that timeline whether you want to relive just wcw Maybe you want to relive the entire Monday Night Wars, the entire wars of the 90s, WWF, WCW, and ECW. Go to ApronBump.com, go to the Episodes tab, and select Wrestling Wars of the 90s. And that will bring you to all of the WWF, WCW, ECW shows that I've covered in chronological order starting from WrestleMania 10. So that is over two years of stuff at this point that we've covered, and we're going to continue on. Hop on the train. Binge away if you haven't already. Hop on, subscribe, like, all that shit, right? But I bring this up because we're getting into a really hot period of wrestling. We're, we're slowly getting there. We're not quite there yet. A lot of interesting stuff on this show. I'll, I'll tell you this. Hog Wild. Whether it's a good show, a bad show, I, honestly, there's a little bit of both. I will say though, and we'll get into why. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna forget this show. So that's that's something. That's something. It's a very unique show to say the least. Uh, down there in was it South Dakota, North Dakota? Who gives a shit? It's all the same. They're at, at Sturgis. They are wrestling amongst 
a quarter million bikers outside in the mountains. So hilarity ensues, I guess you could say. But um, but make sure to stick around to the end of the podcast as well. We will take the show. We'll grade it and we'll see if this show gave us the best or worst of 1996 as the hardest promotion battle of 1996 continues where we compare the three major companies both from this pay-per-view and just overall we kind of look at the best and the worst of the in-ring the out-of-ring the characters the storylines all that jazz we'll get into it point values will be explained at that portion of the podcast but do that you know what you should also do you should give Tim King a little nipple twist and a suck because he's my lovely, lovely guest on this episode. Tim King of Floor Slapper Sports of the Wrestling Index. He's got a lot of irons in the fire. Go follow him at the Tim King Show on X. All of his socials, floorslappersports.com for everything you need when it comes to Tim. He collabs with a bunch of different people. They talk wrestling. They, they talk about the current product. They also get into sports and um, circumcision tutorials and stuff like that. So whatever you need from Tim, he's got you. So go check out. He's a lovely, lovely boy, as you'll see on this episode. A hilarious dude. Follow him. Kiss him on the cheek and uh, slap his ass. So do all those things. Do the same to me, I guess, at Apron Bump on all the social medias. Let's quit dilly-dallying. We got a lot to talk about. I mean, we got the follow-up of the NWO starting. We got the Giant defending his title against Hogan. Benoit against Malenko. We got Rey Mysterio versus Ultimo Dragon. We got racist crowds. You're not going to want to miss it. Let's get into it. WCW, Hog Wild, 1996. With myself and Tim King from the Wrestling Index podcast. By the way, I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, oh, hog wild. There's going to be a lot of dick jokes. I Look, we're, we're not going to get crass with this, okay? This is a serious wrestling podcast where we get into the nitty gritty of all the stuff. World Championship Wrestling here. So no, no vulgarity. We're not going to stoop down to that level with any any penis-related jokes. So don't worry. I want to see your hog. <laughs> I love that that's just a, a clip that I have now, just to use whenever I, whenever the moment needs it, you know? I just want to see that big hog. Look, I mean, my hog's, my hog's tame right now. <laughs> I mean, but it's still very, very early. You know, once we get to Bull Nakano, it might be going all over the place. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I like the thought of my wife on the other side of the wall, just hearing what I'm talking about without context, <laughs> talking about my hog going wild. But uh, <laughs> that'll have to be a talk later. But how's how's life, buddy? Happy holidays. Happy oh, holidays. Shit. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Are you Jewish? I'm not Jewish. No. You don't look Jewish. No, but if you told me you're Jewish, I'd be like Tim King. It's you know, it's very. That not Jew name. A little Jewy. You think so? No. I, got a big like, no. I do have a big nose. You know, so. Do you? Let me get a side profile of that bad boy. Ritter, Ritter always Ritter always throws me in the big nose club with Triple H, Sarah J, and uh, <laughs> Sarah J. There was, and Vin Diesel just for the family remark. Uh, 
Does yeah. Vin Diesel have a big nose? No, <laughs> no, but it's just more or less for family of noses. So it's like me, oh, Triple H, I and see. Sarah J. Yeah. That's good so company that, to be in. And it's not, dude, it's not bad at all. A, a queen of, of an industry, a king of an industry, and TK. So it's, it ain't bad. Not bad at all. You you, you into the, the Sarah J? No, no, not at all. Yeah, it's not for mm-hmm. us. That's for not icky. Pretty icky. But Pe- people know. that like Sarah J were not at Hogwild, is how I'll put it. I think people who like Sarah J were at Hogwild, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think Sarah J might have been at Hogwild. <laughs> she was the oh, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call Sarah <laughs> J a hog. That'd be rude. You was getting hog wild. Oh, come on. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Sorry. I was trying to get a bike sound effect, but there's like no good ones out there. Like, you hear this? You rev that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a little horn going. Is that, yeah. is that for the Steiner Brothers? Are you rev- are you revving your engines for the Steiner Brothers? Uh, I'm revving them uh, against the Harlem Heat. I'll put I'll put it that way. Because it's pretty, uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. I'll, <laughs> I'll let my feelings be known when we get to that. Match. We won't uh, blow our load right yeah. at the uh, at the beginning here, but yeah, man, hog wild. 1996 thoughts. I mean, this was a, uh, I mean, the aesthetic of this show I thought was actually pretty awesome, yes. especially like towards the end. I thought the look of it, it was, it was unique and not in the way that like, like Bash at the beach 94. You're familiar with that show or 95 where they're actually at the beach. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but does it progressively get darker like this show did? I think that was all pretty much all daytime, but daytime? they were on the okay. beach and it was just, not that this show wasn't trashy, but Bash at the Beach was kind of like, I don't know, it just felt like a sideshow, whereas this kind of felt a little bit more epic in a way, because you had like the mountains in the background, the sunset. I don't know, man. What do you think of this show, just in general? So coming off the last show that we did, um, yeah. what was it? Great American Bash? Was that was that it? Uh, Bash at the Beach. Bash at the Beach. Yeah. All right, Bash at the Beach. Um, that one was incredible. I really enjoyed that yep. show from start to finish. The show was good. I, I don't have, I, I don't really have any complaints about this show. It just wasn't great. It was good. Right. It, it was fine. What you said, I absolutely did enjoy the scenery of it during mm-hmm. the day was cool. You know, uh, you had the dirt outside the ring, whatever that was, Rey Mysterio, and <laughs> the ultimate yeah. dragon. I thought his name was Ultimo Dragon. Like, maybe that's down the road. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I digress. Um, that was kind of cool. They wrestled in that. But I did. I liked the mountains in the background. I liked how the sun set, as you said, and I liked how we got daytime wrestling. And then for the final yeah. two matches, when the it was almost ironic. It was like the NWO matches. It was black skies. Mm. So it was kind of cool how 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 that happened. That's a good point, actually. That's very thematic. I like it. I like it. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely agree. It felt like a pay-per-view. Like a pay-per-view should look different than TV. And this one definitely it felt like no other show you'd seen before, at least that I'd seen before. So I was a big fan of it. And like not with 250,000 bikers, as they described ooh, it. Oh, I mean, hanging from the raft, there's 200 and a quarter million WCW oh. fans. Wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? They are. Uh, it looks like 200,000 should have been in Raven's flock when the fucking fans <laughs> made not long later. Right. Right. What do you think that place smelled like? I, I thank God it's outdoors, but uh, it can only you, save so much. You know what, what I was surprised about? How many of those wrestlers 
rode a fucking bike into the stadium or into the venue or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. You had you had face paintless Sting fucking leading the charge out there. You had the Steiner brothers. You had Medusa. Mm. You had Mongo with Deborah behind him. You had DDP with Kimberly behind him. And I'm missing a whole bunch of people. But that was yeah. very surprising how many of those guys in were bikers and gals, Medusa. Don't want to discredit her. She was one mm. of the best parts of the show, in all honesty. Do you think they like took a, t- a quick tutorial right before the show? Just, you know, nah, just write it, you know, a, a block or write it to the ring. You know what I'm saying? Because look, Medusa, look, women can't ride motorcycles. We all know this. Come on now. Like, I mean, they probably had training wheels or something. I mean, come on, you know. If a woman was to ride a motorcycle, which there's a lot of them, I'm not, I'm not saying I can't, obviously, um, Medusa would be the woman I would think would be out there riding the hog. Right. Sure. Yeah, they can't ride a motorcycle, but they could ride this hog. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Rhyme it up. Oh, uh, yeah. It just takes forever. Like, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got like a crotch rocket, though. I don't know if that's really the the vibe you know but it is what it is but the rest of the wrestling though i brought this up in the last show we did because greats or bash at the beach was like one of the four highest rated shows on cage match for that take that what you will but wrestling wise was a very quality show this one is also in the top four so I don't know what that says about the rest of WCW's history. I think Spring Spring Stampede 94 was also on there and something else that was older. But wrestling-wise, I thought it was fine. I will ask you this, though, because coming from a, a WWF kid, like I didn't watch WCW growing up, do you think there's a significant difference between WCW style and like a WWF style? Because for me, I feel I'm just more accustomed to WWF. So WCW, at least like, some of these matches later on in the show, it's kind of just like, I don't know, it just feels different. It's almost like hard to get into. I don't know. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I always felt like the WWF matches went by really fast outside of maybe like an occasional Bret Hart match that would last 12 minutes. I thought like the WWF yeah. thing would be pretty quick. This show was I'm surprised to hear that there, it was in the top four all time in WCW pay-per-views. It was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko was good, technically, I guess, yeah, you know, yeah. in 25 minutes. But even, I'm not going to lie to you, as, as fucked up as this is going to sound, that match was kind of boring. I don't know why it was boring, but it was kind of fucking boring. I, I don't I agree with you. I, and, and the Rey Mysterio ultimate dragon match. And I don't know if it's just coming off the Rey Mysterio psychosis match that I watched last time. Mm-hmm. That match felt very flat to me compared Dude. to the, that other match. Look. We're on the same page here. I mean, we might as well just get into it. Because like you said, we open up here with the ultimate dragon, which he is ultimate dragon, like everywhere else. I don't know if there was just a miscommunication somewhere or what the hell, but or maybe they were just trying ultimate dragon because a silly Americans can't conceptualize Ultimo or something. I don't know. And he's taking on uh, Rey Mysterio here. So we're we got all these bikers. You know, quarter million bikers in a circle on their bikes. Jerking. We got campers in the background. There's dirt. Let's throw out a Japanese guy, <laughs> a Mexican, and have all of these white hillbillies just boo the shit out of them no matter what they do. <laughs> and I mean, they, they eventually 
they seem to be more supportive of Rey Mysterio than Ultimate Dragon for whatever it is. But maybe it's because Sonny Ono's there with Ultimate Dragon and he's kind of a he's like a cartoon Japanese. Sonny Ono was rocking. And you know what? I want to talk about this momentarily. Um, But about the commentary team. But Sonny, Sonny Ono was rocking a leather I don't know what is it like a beanie? What, I don't know. What Bandana hat like uh, what are they called? Like what Triple H would wear like yeah. in the Attitude Era. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. in a leather jacket. So Sonny Ono was channeling his inner biker. It was very funny because I didn't feel that vibe at all. <laughs> um, so you know maybe that's why they were shitting all over this fake ass biker wannabe. Possibly, possibly, but yes, I'm glad you brought up the commentary team because of course we got Tony Schiavone. We got Bobby the Brain Heenan. We got Dusty Rhodes. Describe what you see when it, the camera <laughs> pans to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote it down because I just wanted to be so specific in, in my, <laughs> my, my writings. So we got the three of them, Tony Schiavone, Bobby the uh, Brain, and Dusty. I really don't know where to start because it was all so goofy. Let's just go to Dusty. So my God, Dusty, the American dream daddy. Mm. He is wearing a leather hat. He's got <laughs> sunglasses. He's got a denim vest, like a jean jacket vest with cut off sleeves. So uh-huh. cut off sleeves, jacket vest, sunglasses, leather hat, gold chains, short, short jeans, Whew. and high brown cowboy boots. Ooh. Daddy. What is oh, daddy got going on, baby? Come Ooh. on with me. And then if you want to go over to my broadcast colleague, Tony Schiavone, my broadcast colleague, Tony Schiavone, you know what he's got? He's got, he got, he went and got tattooed, daddy. He oh. got a tattooed, daddy. He got a real tattoo? No, it was fake as fuck. <laughs> <Very lame. laughs> and he had his little mullet with his leather cap. Very fucked up. And Bobby the Brain was normal. Very normal. And yeah, he looked yeah. at them like, the fuck is wrong with you guys? And Tony <laughs> goes to Bobby, he goes, he goes, wait. You don't have a jacket. You don't have a do rag on. And I'm just like, what a loser, right? What the fuck am I watching? Right what now? a nerd this brain is, huh? Not what like a- these other cool cats in our leather jackets and ball huggers that we're you don't wearing. Have a fake tattoo brain? No, no, Man. I don't. Hey, did you see that picture that was floating around of Dusty Rhodes' balls poking out of his shorts? <laughs> do you think Dusty Rhodes got a big hog? Ooh, that's a good question. It's think, definitely like, thick. It's definitely like, thick. Okay. You think it's like like a three-inch juicer or maybe a, a little a little thinner than that? I don't think it's good. I mean it might have a it might have some weight to it. It's probably like fine length. Um but I don't want to put it in my, in my mouth specifically, you know. <laughs> Would you touch it? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, just for the story alone. I yeah. mean you gotta. Yeah, out of respect. Dusty Rhodes' dick? I mean, hog. Ooh. Sorry. Hog. Right. Yeah. Come on. It's a you know, hog. That's the name of the show. Correct. Uh, but I'll tell you, he probably does not have a big dick. It's Rey Mysterio and <laughs> Ultimate Dragon. Neither, I mean, neither of these guys probably pack in anything significant, if I had to, if I had to guess. Um, but they are fighting for the Cruiserweight title. The champion, Rey Mysterio, who won it from Dean Malenko on Nitro a few weeks before this. And uh, it would kind of touch on. I mean, the match is fine. It wasn't near. What was it? Ray and Psychosis that we covered. Um, Ray and Hoovitude, I believe, had a match on a previous show, too. Like, those were phenomenal matches. I was expecting that level here, but I don't know if it's just the atmosphere or 
I mean, the juxtaposition of like luchadors and whatever this hell, hell the South Dakota crowd is. I don't know if they maybe appreciated it as much. Maybe the energy was low, but I don't know, man. Like Ultimo Dragon would do something. <laughs> he was like begging for adulation. Like he would hit like a running power bomb or, or a hurricane Rana, and then he'd be like, Yeah, yeah, come on. And everybody's like, boo, you dirty Jap, or whatever they're saying. <laughs> um But um I mean it was fine for what it was, but like I said, I expected more. I don't know what you think. Fine match. It, it wasn't a bad match at all. Like, I don't want to sit here and like criticize it. Yeah. Because yeah. it didn't live up to Rey Mysterio and psychosis. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's kind of unfair. However, it just, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched it three times. I watched it, went to my phone a bunch while I was watching it. Watched it, went to my phone. Oh. And I'm like, dude, fucking <laughs> stop. You need to watch the match. And I watched it a third time through, and I'm just like, outside of Ray sucking Ultimo Dragon's dick 69 style when the match ended. Love it. Hog! That's why I've been sucking his fucking we'll hog there. when the match we'll ended. <laughs> yep. And, <laughs> and this kind of goes back to my what I was trying to get at earlier about a WCW style. Like, there's, it's also, I guess, kind of the Lucha style. Like, there's a lot of rest holds in this match. Like, you, if you go look up like a, a highlight package of this match, you'll see Hurricane Rana's dives to the outside, like right to this huge plancha because it's the ring is on a pedestal that's like five feet in the air and then it's just the, the dirt ground. So he's jumping 10, 15 feet to the floor on Ultimo Dragon, which looked really impressive. And he hops up springboard Rana into the ring. So the crowd gets into it at some point. Man, there is just a lot of headlocks, a lot of leg holds, which don't really come into play in the match. So it's like almost why bother, you know? So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of dead air in this match, but I guess it's by design. It just didn't particularly hit with me, I guess. Kyle, what I would say is once again, Mike Tanay, the professor showed the fuck up and showed the fuck out. He told a great story about Ultimo dragon and Rey Mysterio, how they were teammates. Um, and, and that's how Rey Mysterio got the WCW tryout because they mm. saw him where they were teaming together. And then he told the story of even though they were teammates in Mexico and Japan, the ultimate sign of respect is to fight your teammate and prove who's the better one. Oh, it was just okay. Mike today, just fucking A like plus commentating as always, dude. It's almost like that's what their job is, you know, but oh, don't tell that to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not on you. That's on Dusty Rhodes. Like, look at it. Look at it. Look at this man doing the flips. You know what I'm saying? Like a bicycle kick, all that stuff. And then Brand's like throwing his one liners in, which I, it's all fine. But uh, you know up. what? You're you're right. That is his job to tell us the fucking story of what. But he's going he's on, the man. best at it at this point. No, so. you're you're absolutely right. Uh, but yeah, Ray Ray Mysterio ends up uh, defending his title. With uh, he goes for a Frankensteiner off the top, but it's blocked. So Ray just says, "Okay, I'll just do a springboard version of it," and then he hits it, sixty-nine pin for the win. And all the all the the bikes start to rev up. You hear the oh, you get that. Ray Mysterio celebrating. He's up there. Yes, America. All that stuff. So Ray Mysterio wins, and uh, all's well that ends well. Can I ask you one more question? Three inches flaccid to erect. <laughs> Next question. How do you know the difference between when Ray Mysterio and Dean Malenko come out? Their music is so similar. Man. <laughs> like, it's, I thought it was yeah. Dean Malenko opening in the show, and then it's Ray Mysterio. And then when Dean mm-hmm. comes out, I'm like, oh, Ray's coming back? Nope. It's just there. Oh, there's Dean. 
Am I wrong? It's definitely like they had the same instruments and we're just like, we'll just change the tempo a little bit and we'll make it a different song. Yeah, I, I understand. But it's very mysterious. It's a little more bouncy, I think. And Dean's is more like a march kind okay. of deal. I don't know. Maybe we'll put them side by side. We'll see. Yeah, I'd like to see that. It's a lot like Damage Control and Judgment Day. I don't know if you ever noticed that. They're very similar. Well. No, no. But then again, pretty much all songs nowadays sound the same. So well, they're all played off a couple of notes. So yeah, yeah you're right. Miss. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Speaking of a couple of notes, we got I, I'm, I'm getting a note of stud because Gene Okerlund's here. Mean Gene. So I uh, I was a few drinks in at this point already, and I get a little clever with my notes sometimes uh, when I'm drinking and I type in mean jean vest because he's wearing a jean jacket like a vest. Mean jean 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 is his first name. I, I jean, see what like you denim there. Come on. There we go. Uh, he's here. Plug in the hotline. I think it's like the only time we see mean jean this show maybe like once after this i didn't notice his jacket though so i'm pretty upset about that that's, that's you gotta review the tape you're probably just still hot and bothered by dusty Rhodes' thighs exposed oh, they so. look good they looked real good did they i you know i'm a mark for that man so they didn't look daddy, bad i will say that daddy can do anything you know i'm there so that's actually a really good point when you put it like that um <laughs> Talking about some thighs. You want to talk about some thick thighs. We got Ooh. fire and ice on our hands. <laughs> the breakup. Oh, man. Yeah, we hardly knew ye. Fire and ice. The tag team has broken up, and now they are at odds here. We got Scott Norton taking on Ice Train. You a big fire and ice guy, Timothy? Well, just like Tony Schiavone said, fire and ice was one of the scariest, best tag teams for over the last three months. or whatever. <laughs> You they came together, they got together, and they broke on up. I'm like, months? What the fuck? I don't even know if these guys ever won a match. Maybe on, like, Saturday night or some shit against some tomato cans, but, like... So, with that being said, I was a young kid at this time. I'm still 11 years old, so on WCW Saturday night in my grandparents' basement, yes, I was a fan of Fire and Ice. Two beefy, bulky dudes. Mm-hmm. And then I was also a fan of when they broke up, because... I guess at the time I didn't realize I love big meaty men slapping meat. I love it now. And I loved yeah. it then. So I was all with this breakup and this match, you know, it was just, do we think ice train was actually injured going into this? Maybe. No, I just think ice train doesn't know how to work. And I'm just <laughs> trying to get Scott Norton away from him as soon as possible. I don't know if ice train got any boot. I mean, unless I'm, looked away for a second i mean this was just like five or ten minutes of scott norton just clubbing at ice trains taped up shoulder and then eventually just pulling the shoulder in an arm bar and told the submission like it didn't this match didn't do anything is he gonna uncle him is he gonna uncle him uncle is he gonna, this is dusty he's gonna it's gonna uncle him daddy oh is that what he was <laughs> that's his, yeah that's his, that's his tap out he said it multiple times i think there were two uncles he's gonna is he gonna uncle him daddy Oh, he uncled him. He uncled him, daddy. I get like 40% of the words that Dusty Rhodes says. It's just a lot of noise it's and a lot of daddy. favorite part of these shows is listening <laughs> to Dusty, dude. Like He, he is, is a treat. He is a treat. But um, yeah, Scott, I mean, I don't, know. I don't know if there's a lot to say about this. I mean, Fire and Ice is broken up. Ice Train comes in with an injury. Scott Norton take, takes advantage. It is what it is. I don't know. Any other uh, 
nuggets on this one? Yeah, just two things. One, they said Scott Norton uh, beat the commentary team. Tony Schiavone said, NWO, you better look out. Scott Norton's coming. Um, that was just a little prelude to him being one of uh-huh. the first members to join the NWO. And um, uh-huh. so I thought that was I, th- I thought that was interesting for sure. And number two, a lot of people compared Powerhouse Hobbs to this man, Ice Train, and there are no comparisons. He, This dude is a bust-ass motherfucker compared to powerhouse Hobbs. that man is a machine Hobbs. this guy is just a but physically guy. though what but physically though i mean you, you just oh. have an eight by ten of each guy next to each other i mean yeah but working like when you actually no, watch yeah, him work of course not i i get the resemblances yes mm-hmm. but when you watch, watch him work oh man it's not even not even remotely close yeah I, there's ice train and then there's uh ice uh what's better than a train plane Power hubs? I thought I had something there. Maybe I don't. Um, but you brought up the NWO, and that's actually a great segue into this next segment because it cuts to a pre-tape of Flair talking about how the NWO attacked uh, a few weeks before this. They attacked a number of people. This is the segment where uh, Rey Mysterio got thrown like a lawn dart into a trailer. You got like Buff Bagwell got attacked. A couple other people got attacked. One of which was... Arn Anderson, I mean, everybody's getting sent to the, the ambulances are coming. I think this is the one where somebody actually called the police or something on them because they thought somebody was getting attacked. Do you remember the segment on Nitro where end up, or it was just, I think it was just Hall and Nash they attacked, maybe Mysterio, Arn, all that stuff? Yeah, I do. Um, I ironically, I, I should have went back and watched these, the Raws, or the. The nitros, yeah, right. No, man. I should have went back and watched the nitros leading up to this. I do vividly remember Rey Mysterio being tossed like a lawn dart. And I remember Mm Arn being attacked because this was setting up towards Fall Brawl and the horsemen being involved. And I didn't realize as a kid what I realized now watching this. They had, the story should never, it should have maybe Long Road been Hogan and Sting. They really had something with Hogan and Flair if they would have fucking booked this right. I don't know what neither company saw. I mean, early WCW fucking saw it and just let Hogan just eat this dude's ass. But, like, Flair, his promo, this promo, Mm -hmm. it got me hot and bothered. Like, I was ready to fight with Flair. And uh, they should have let this Flair be the guy, not this. I mean, he never was the same. Like, I don't know. This, I don't think Ric Flair was ever the same in WCW. He had Mm -hmm. the, the, the feud with six other than that, it was pretty lackluster until WWE is fucked up as that sounds. Yeah. I don't know. Would you say, in a way, the NWO killed Ric Flair in WCW? Yes. Yep. Because Hogan took his job. Because Ric yeah. Flair's job was to be the number one heel in the company. And, that and the horsemen, the horsemen are like, what are the horsemen now that the NWO is here? You right. know, so. there's a middling faction. They don't know if they're going to be faces. They don't know if they're going to be heels. You know, they, they act like heels. Flair's match, he was a heel. Benoit's match, he was a heel. Mm-hmm. But then they have to take on the heel team. But yeah, you're, yeah, you know, I think you're actually right about that. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, like I've, I'm loosely familiar familiar with the rest of WCW's history after this. And Flair, I mean, he's he's always there, but he never feels like the star that he was like in you know the early '90s at least. So no, if you think about it, he's. A, I thought this when they said it during his match, 13 time world champion. All right, but what the fuck? How many total days do you think he held that title for in his next three title runs? Mm-hmm. Like, this is 1996. He might have held the title for, like, 
28 cumulative days. It's three more runs. No, no, he was never a, a guy at the top of the card who was taken seriously ever. And that kind of sucks because they, this watching the, and the only reason I'm going so deep into this right now okay. is because of that promo. That was really was great. good. I mean, of course it's Ric Flair. So like, why wouldn't it be really good? But it was really good. And I was sitting there like, you got this fucking face paint bandana wearing fucking pussy looking sting. Why don't you just go with the nature boy? You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't, why don't you drive that? They're going to wrestle on clash of the champions on Thursday. What Mm -hmm. the fuck? Do they not have another match down the line at like a Starcade or something? Don't they have like a steel cage match at some point? I know they did before this, but don't they have another match? I could be thinking of him, Hogan and Piper. Piper. Piper took yeah. the Piper came and took Flair spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Sure. Piper comes in fucking uh November. October, mm. the end of October. Halloween Havoc. Yeah. I mean, again, like I haven't really seen this, but from what I understand, Sting, I mean, they do pretty well with Sting as that guy. But yeah, I see what you're saying, especially with this this promo here, Flair. It's like a pre-tape promo talking, it's Flair. Just talking like a normal person, by the way. It's not like the nature boy is gonna gonna bury you in the ground Woo! like it's not that shit it's like it's just him talking like a guy like a human like this whole nwo thing why it was so good is because it kind of like adds a little spice of reality to the product so i thought it enhanced flair and you know he was he's siding with wcw it's wcw versus the nwo how flair thought the horsemen and the nwo could coexist but when they attacked arn anderson sent him to the hospital that was no more so Good storytelling here, but ultimately he's just the U.S. champion. And he's going to be defending it against Eddie Guerrero, which, you know, love Eddie Guerrero. But at this point, I mean, it's no, no, I guess we'll get more into that when we get to it. But um, but before that, we got a loser smashes opponent's bike match. We got Bull Nakano versus Medusa. Which it sometimes I'm watching all the companies in this era, man. It sometimes feels like these are the only two women wrestling in the mid 90s, which they're both great. I mean, they are carrying the women's division globally. I mean, I don't know what Japan's doing. Maybe Japan's doing something. But mainstream North American wrestling, these these gals are doing it. But um, I don't know. I, I always love watching these two wrestle. And silly stipulation aside, I thought it was pretty fun. I don't know what you think about it. So I have a couple of thoughts. First okay. of all, this is a rematch to a SummerSlam, I believe, um, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Secondly, dude, as of this moment, this was my match of the night. <laughs> it was sure. Yeah. They worked. They worked. Like, I didn't realize how great both of these women were until I watched this match. And I was like, mm-hmm. I wrote it down. Medusa is a fucking worker. She puts in the work. Like, she is very good, and Bull Nakano is no fucking slouch. Um, I didn't understand the smashing the bike thing because I didn't hear the stipulation. So now that makes a whole hell of a lot more sense why they were so focused on that after the match. Yeah. However, with that being said, the match wasn't as great to me because the end of it was very fucked up. There was two moments where I was a German suplex by Bull Nakano on a Medusa Mm -hmm. that I sort of got him for three. It went for, like, eight. But then Medusa threw her shoulder up, and then the match kept going. And then there was, like, another one that I swear to God, the ref counted three, but nothing happened. And then yeah. the match was just over. I I don't know. I watched it, and I don't remember seeing Medusa win the match. So maybe you could fill me in on how Medusa won the match. 
but I'm just I'm just as confused as you are. So okay, um, cool. But the match itself was good. Yeah, I mean, from my understanding, it was kind of like a no contest, and it was like whatever. Sonny Ono was being a dick, but I'll tell you this, man. <clears throat> Medusa comes out on her bike. By the way, I think she's the first one to like ride a bike out there. Um, red, white, and blue attire. I mean, classic blonde, attractive female. The crowd is eating her up, so to speak. Uh, they they are popping for her more than they've popped for anybody else before this and probably after this. Love Medusa. Bull Nakano, the evil foreigner with Sonny Ono, coming out there with a Honda motorcycle. Get out of here, right, brother? Um, so, and... I mean, the match gets underway. The referee has a sledgehammer. And the only reason I knew this stipulation is because that's what it said on cage match. But I don't even know if they said it <laughs> on the show itself. But um, I took maybe the most racist, racist sounding note that I've ever taken. But it's just what happened. Uh, Bull Nakano starts this match off with a Pearl Harbor job with nunchucks. <laughs> and uh because she's japanese i guess and they all have nunchucks but uh you know medusa fights back hits some sling blades the crowd is revving up i mean they are just every move she does it's come on now girl and uh but bull nakano you know locking in some submissions some big old suplexes slams and like you said like bull nakano hits a german suplex it looks like it's a three count it looks like she wins, but Sonny Ono stops it. Like in the middle of this, Sonny Ono starts hitting Medusa's bike with the sledgehammer. And then Medusa gets out there, grabs the sledgehammer, beats up Bull's bike with it. And that's pretty much it. I don't know. Tips the bike over, rips a piece off of it. <laughs> to say that they smashed the bike, I think is a little generous, but I don't know. I was entertained Yo, bro, by it, though. I will say the three sling blades Medusa hit were fucking fire. Um, even though they're a little high on the face, they're still fire. They were like hair pull sling yeah. blades. I'd never seen that move back then. Like, so that was really cool that it was coming from on the women's side of things on top of it. Like, I think she was, invented it. Like, that's that's gonna be my canon. Ooh, I like Seth, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. They just they're just copying the playbook that Medusa wrote. I like it. I like it. And that mm. that pretzel daddy, the pretzel that that Bull kind of put Medusa in daddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That move was fire. Uh, Paige uses that. I think she calls it. She used to call it the Paige tap out, I think, in WWE. I don't know what she calls it now or Soraya, whatever the hell. But she, that's what she uses. I don't know. If she, she doesn't because she doesn't work. That's a good point, actually. That's a good point. I didn't consider that. I guess she's working tomorrow. So put a fucking shoe in my mouth. Nah. Uh, she doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, fun match. These ladies kill it every time they're in the ring with each other. I'll never forget, man. Like I watched WrestleMania 11, which is, in my opinion, the worst WrestleMania of all time. The Raw after these two ladies just had a random ass match on Raw and had one of the matches of the year for the company. It's like whatever the day after WrestleMania is, like, I'd recommend anybody go watch it. It's a fucking awesome match. And the SummerSlam match that you brought up was also really good. So great chemistry between these two. For sure. I think they're both still kind of going. No, I don't think they're both wrestling. Bonacano might be, but let's go. Let's get a Let's get a legacy match between these two, huh? Oh, Royal Rumble, perhaps? Fun. Oh, mm. real fun. If we, if we see Bonacano and Medusa in the Rumble, just know that I, I wished it into existence. You know what I'm saying? Pushed it into the universe. I pushed it in. I pushed it in. Speaking of pushing. That hog. Speaking of hogs, we got Dean Malenko's big old hog out here. 
with uh did he come out with Jimmy Hart? I'm just noticing my notes. He did. He did. He did. Is he with yep. is he in the dungeon? No, of Doom? no, nope, nope, nope. See, I was paying attention because I was very confused myself, so I had to rewind again. And they said on commentary, the reason he's out there is because Chris Benoit was still feuding with the dungeon at this point. So oh. Jimmy Hart hired him as a mercenary to take down Chris Benoit. I completely, I didn't even notice Jimmy Hart was out there. I'm just, I copy, like I said, from cage match, I just copy it over. And what the fuck Even though Chris was the heel in the match. So I was so fucking confused. Well, I wasn't because I, I really didn't care too much. But I was confused why the Jimmy Hart thing was involved when Benoit's a heel. So I, I, I don't know. Didn't really come into play at all during the match, I don't think. But um, no, it was a clean wrestling match by Malenko, who wrestled as a fucking face. It was very confusing. Like, I don't know who to root for, who to boo. And you brought it up like I'm watching this match like we can get more into it. But ultimately, it's a time limit draw or it is. And then they fight. There's five more minutes and then it's extended. It's basically a half hour match. And my first note here is this match felt grueling, but I don't know if it was good. (laughs) It just felt like a bunch of moves back to back. No, like, build, no, like, oh, is he going to tap out? Like, I don't know. It just felt like a bunch of guys wrestling for the sake of wrestling. Yes, 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 yes. Before I talk about my thoughts on the match, we had two of the best wrestlers of all time in this match. But I wanted to ask you while I was watching it, and it's not fair because I had some time to think about it, but I want to ask you, Chris Benoit, what would your – I'm a fantasy booker. I always got the pencil in my hand. So I'm Mm. always thinking about matches I want to see. Chris Benoit, who would you like to see all-time wrestling against Chris Benoit? And same question for Dean Malenko. Fantasy oh. match, one match ever. Never happened, of course. Right. So Chris Benoit, so one for each of them, right? Yes, yes. Ooh, Chris Benoit. I know Chris Benoit faced Bret Hart, but like prime Benoit versus prime Bret Hart would be, or I'm trying to think. Like, or I guess today, who who today would I want Benoit to fight? God, so many options, like a Will Ospreay, like a Zack Sabre Jr. Maybe, but Brian, oh, Brian Danielson, probably. Mm, that might good, be the one. Good job. That was my yeah. answer, too. Look at Great it. Yeah, answer. It. All right. That was mine, too. Great. And for then for, for, for Benoit. For Benoit. Yeah, yeah, not Malenko. Brian versus Benoit is the fucking match. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Malenko, who would you, who would you want to see him fight? Dean Malenko, so Tiger suplexes, he's short, got shitty little boots, maybe Roderick Strong. That might be a good one. Oh, Roderick. They're, they're, they're similar at aesthetics, maybe. Um, who does a cloverleaf? Sheamus now, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Riho? Riho versus Dean Malenko? Yeah, yeah. That's my Riho and Dean Malenko, I like that, I like that. I was on uh, I was on the Daniel Garcia bandwagon. Oh, I think, uh, I think Danny and Dean would have a, a banger in the ring. I'd love to see them bang in the ring. Absolutely. Hogs out, of course. Hogs out. Yeah. Hogs out. Well, all right. Well, going into this match, uh, the match itself, you know, it was like I said earlier, and it was like you just said, it was just a lot of substance, but I don't know what I was getting out of it. And I don't know if it's just because I didn't. If they were both heels, there was nothing on the line. I went into it like, "Holy fuck!" I'm getting to watch Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit right now. Let's yeah, fucking yeah. go! And then we got the beautiful woman and the beautiful Miss Elizabeth walking out to the ring with fucking them. And all Bobby the Brain and Dusty kept talking about was yams and hams, yams and hams. 
Well, what does Can't that mean, them. Daddy? Well, they're legs, of course, Daddy. And they both had some killer fucking yams and hams going on that night. Even Dean Malenko had some, 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 some yams on him. Benoit doesn't, though. He has stupid, tiny little legs, but I yeah. digress. Dean Malenko's thick, just like I imagine you are, Daddy. Um, mm. <laughs> but the match itself was fine. It went to an overtime. A lot of good suplexes is what I noticed. Yes. A lot of good suplexes in this match, which was cool. Over time limit draw five extra minutes time limit draw keep it going and then we cheat to win why couldn't we just cheat to win within the first 15 minutes that's that's one of my many questions that's that's a question also why is there even a time limit if we're just going to keep extending it why not make it a 30 minute time limit if that's what we're prepared to give this match i don't know because yeah 20 minutes then we get five more and by the way, I mean, there's some good stuff. There's some fun chain wrestling. There's some good neck bridges, roll-ups. You brought up the suplexes. Benoit has a great snap suplex he's throwing out there. Throws out a wicked-looking tombstone at some point. Power bombs. Dean hits a superplex. A lot of big moves, all for two counts, of course. First time limit draw. Five more minutes. Benoit locks in the cloverleaf, which, of course, is Dean Malenko's move. Uh, but I think Dean gets to the rope or he counters out at some point. Benoit kind of dominates him in this section. Time limit again, another five minutes. And at the second extension, the crowd boos because I think they want this match to be over. <laughs> so that's never a good sign. So, and like you said, it's just a whatever. Benoit hits a dragon suplex. Dean, Dean locks in the clover leaf into an STF. Woman eventually, though, interferes and Benoit is able to take advantage of the interference. Does, um, he might hold the tights or something. I don't remember, but he gets just a shitty roll up victory after all of this. Jimmy Hart's not. What was Jimmy Hart doing? You know, neutralized woman. You know what I'm saying? Throw your Why did he stay with him the whole match? Like it was. Yeah. No, I don't know. I just, I, don't need, know. I just need Dean Malenko to join the fucking four horsemen. All right. Like, that's what I need. I remember okay. him in the horsemen. For way longer than he ever was. And that's disappointing. I didn't know he was in the Horseman. Was it just like a short time? See? Yeah. I guess the very end of it. My brain remembers him being in the Horseman from this point. No, it's not till like 1999. Oh, so this is like Jeff Jarrett Horseman. It's after that. Oh, what? It's like actually right after Jeff Jarrett Horseman. He like takes Jarrett's spot. Oh, bad, bro. Ew. Yeah, it's so bad. It's, that doesn't sound good at all. Dude, he should have been in the Horseman at this point. Like, right um, now. I would have supported it. I mean, yeah, I, I like him in the Cruiserweight division, mixing it up with, you know, Rays and Ultimo Dragons and Hoovitudes and all that. And then Jericho later. I think him and Jericho do some great stuff. So I don't hate that. But yeah, to your point, him and the Horseman could have been Damn, good shit. That's sad that you didn't even know he was in the Horseman. Fuck WCW. I'm also very stupid. So, you know, maybe you are, you are not. You are sexy and beautiful. No. That has nothing to do with your brain. So remember, sexualize all the time. I got a nice brain in between my legs, huh? Come Don't on. Call it a hog, huh? Oh. Uh. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Sorry. Before we go into this match, please. We didn't talk about one thing earlier. There was a Tell segment me. where there were two guys just banging away on a fucking computer. The Steiner brothers. <laughs> okay. The only reason I bring this up, and you know why I'm bringing it up, Scott Steiner is dancing. He's that look. You want to talk about the leather cap? Scott Steiner's look 
Tell me he's not fucking stripping at a fucking uh, a strip club somewhere with that look, dude. Like, that's Magic Mike-esque the way he is dressed, dude. I could see it. I don't think... Scott Steiner doesn't have, like, a like a stripper build, though. You know? Okay, so maybe he's... I don't know what I'm looking he for. He could be, like, a, like the, the bouncer at a strip club. He reminds me of, like... You ever seen the fucking... Uh, like, on the iPhone or on Facebook, how it's, like... Like the guy, the gay dude holding the flag, and he's like in the vest with like the cap. Like that's like what Scott Steiner's like attire looks like. Is this like, your phone background? Like why are you throwing this out? Well, like, first is this of all, well known? my buddies always. That's what like they send it and like say that's me. <laughs> like I have no problem with it, of course, dude. If I love everybody, yeah, right. um, but I'm saying like that's like the the get up with the leather fucking. I would, I would think too. He was probably wearing leather chaps under the table. We didn't see under the table. We just saw the leather vest mm. cut off. And the leather hat and the glasses. So what? I mean, you can, one's got to think. To me, Look, he's, either, he's either dancing in a club, <laughs> or he's just like you know putting himself out there. One or one or the other. Like he could be one of those dudes, like you know those like gay porn videos where like the guys wrestle each other and then the loser has to suck the other guy's dick, like that. <laughs> and he like yeah, like he's forcefully like. Yeah, I had a friend tell me about it actually. I, I had never watched it, but um, well, I'm if with you, you though. When you see it, send it to me. I'd I'd watch it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give it a goose. Steiner line. That's that's a Steiner line shooting Steiner lines. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about semen. Yes. Uh, but speaking of uh, Steiner lines, they are here, going for the tag team titles. The Steiner brothers taking on Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray. Of course, they are accompanied by Colonel Robert Parker and Sister Sherry. Because why wouldn't they be? <laughs> So this this audience, I would say, is not they're not fans of the Harlem Heat, I would say. Maybe they're not a fan of their grappling abilities, perhaps. I don't know. What did you maybe they're not a fan of fire? No, 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 no. Now I'll throw now. I'll now I will throw Sturgis under the bus. Please do. Let's be real. Let's be real. Those motherfuckers were racist as fuck, dude. I looked around Ooh. that crowd. I didn't see fucking one black person in that crowd, dude. I, there I was, was one. I was saw like, one. He was in one? the aisle way in the middle. I think he was lost, but continue. Okay, all right. So that whole night, you know, there was sporadic booing throughout the night, but I never heard nobody get booed throughout the whole night the way Harlem Heat caught, cat, caught heat. Like, they caught that fire in. I couldn't think of, and you know what? Maybe it's just my stupid 2023 mind, but I'm sitting there like that is one racist ass fucked up crowd. Mm. They threw a bottle at Stevie Ray. They fucking don't throw no bottles in the ring. No other match. Did they, they threw a Dr. Pepper bottle into the ring at Stevie Ray. And sure. Harlem heat knew what they were doing. They were each on oh, yeah. each apron working up the crowd, taunting, talking shit. I actually earned more respect from Stevie Ray. And maybe it's because I don't remember. In this match, one, he looked great in the ring. Two, his like the way he was working the crowd, dude, very good. I hate, hate mm-hmm. the injuries kind of worked his body, but man, they both looked great. Their bodies were fucking incredible. Oof. And we we're gonna talk hogs. These two guys probably Come got the biggest now. hogs the whole fucking show. There's a reason they wear long tights, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, keep it fucking taped to the side, you know? Yep. But my you know, and I could be very, very off, but my synopsis was, wow, that was a racist-ass fucking crowd. No, it was 
rabid is the word I would use for it, how the crowd was reacting to them. Cause like, and I remember, cause I remember a while ago I was listening to, um, an 83 weeks podcast episode with Eric Bischoff and he was talking about this show and I don't know. I didn't really translate, you know, watching, at least I didn't catch it, but there was a, like, a lot of slurs being thrown out there towards these fellows and maybe even ice train or whoever the hell else. So it is, uh, you were, yeah, you were correct in that assessment. I mean, South Dakota is, uh, in 1996, these Harlem heat boys coming out here as it was not, uh, not jiving well with the crowd here, you know? So, but like you said, Booker T, Stevie Ray, they embraced it. They, they leaned into it because they're fucking legends. They're one of the best tag teams of all time because of shit like this. And, um, I mean, the horns were blaring that the, the, the horns, the, the motorcycle revving up engine sounds were no louder than this match. I mean, they were, it's a sight to see like, Anybody listening, go back and watch this match just for this, the pre-match shenanigans. It is hilarious. It's entertaining. And it, like, set up the match, honestly, because it, it set up some, like, level of intensity in this match. And, I mean, the match is, is another match where it's, like, I couldn't even tell you what the fuck happened in this match. But I just loved the intensity through it. It was just, it was just a pure vibes match to me. I don't know. What do you think about it? Dude, four really big guys. Um, yeah. Booker T is very big. Stevie Ray is a monster. Scott Steiner is just juicing left and right. Like he is. I I didn't. I, I always thought like when he turned Big Papa Pump is when he got big. No, this dude was big. He's just mm-hmm. getting bigger and bigger and bigger as these fucking shows go on. I enjoy the match. I talked about all the suplexes last match. We just carried suplexes into this match. The dog face gremlin is fucking a <laughs> suplex king, dude. And there was one point in the match when Scott tagged Rick in and he goes, bark. And he just goes, who in the whole crowd? Who, 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 who? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, God, two of my favorite tag teams two I would say arguably top 10 tag teams of all time. If not two top 15 tag team, Steiner brothers are a top three tag team. Harlem heat top 15 at very worst. Like mm. it was in. However, I didn't like the ending. Because, you know, if you're going to bring a gimmick into the ring to use, make sure you gimmick correctly. Sensational Sherry brought um, powdered sugar or salt, the Mayokazuna into the ring. And she <laughs> fucking chucked it first into Booker T's face, like, which made no sense because that's her guy. And then she took another one out and threw it into Steiner's face. And then Colonel Robert Parker broke a fucking cane over Scotty's head, which was awesome. But yeah. like, yo. Gimmick correctly. Like, you botched the ending, Sherry. Like, Look, Sherry, I mean, fuck. come over here, Tim. I don't want anybody else to hear. Uh, I don't think women can throw very well. So I think that's why <laughs> she missed. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like you say, it was a very clunky finish. The lead up to the finish was awesome. I mean, I, I noted that uh, that um, Rick Steiner hot tag as well. I mean, he's just Throwing everybody belly to bellies. Scott Steiner's doing the same thing. Harlem Heat. I mean, like he said, four beefy boys. The the kicks, the suplexes, the chops. I mean, I was into it the whole time. There's one point. It was just a funny little moment where Booker, he like goes to elbow one of the Steiners that's laying on the mat, but he misses and he just spin a Rooney's up and then hits the sidekick like all in one motion. He's just so great. Um. An assault to the eyes. Mr. Fuji makes an appearance. And then uh, 
Colonel Robert Parker has a cane, breaks it over the head of one of the Harlem Heat guys, or oh no, it's a Scott, right? Yeah. Yep, and Scotty. then um Harlem Heat win, retain their titles. This is another match where it's like a bunch of stuff happening and then a weird finish, which I think is kind of a WCW hallmark from what I from what I've seen. So it was the theme of the whole night. It was literally there was a screwy finish in almost every match. And uh, including this next one, we got the United States title on the line. The champion, Ric Flair, taking on Eddie Guerrero. Uh, so I, I was not aware that Eddie was such like a, a huge part of the main event scene, like pretty much right from the jump. I mean, he's only a few months into WCW and he's facing off against Ric Flair in a semi main event. For a title, like this is a pretty good spot for Eddie. I know he eventually gets kind of pigeonholed into the cruiserweight division, but I thought Eddie looked really good here. He, I thought I thought he looked like he belonged with Ric Flair, even though we've talked about Ric Flair and how he's kind of like starting to fold on the card a little bit. But I don't know. It was, it was the best of Ric Flair. Some really good stuff from Eddie Guerrero. What were you, what were your thoughts on this one? Didn't hate the match. It just felt I don't know, something fell off with it. I'm not exactly sure what fell off with it. Yeah. But something fell off. It was good. Eddie got his spots in. Flair got his spots in. I think maybe it was the ending. I'm sitting there asking myself, and I've seen it forever, but what does the manager getting down and holding the hands? Leverage. Lever- I don't, what leverage is it actually doing? And why can't Eddie get his goddamn shoulder off the fucking mat? And maybe it was just the ending that was so off to me. Maybe it's Ric Flair being in the United States title picture that's still off to me. I know he just beat Conan for the belt not long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The whole, it just felt off. And other than this, the Ice Train Norton match, mm-hmm. this might have been my least favorite match of the night. You know, I think it is too. And like, I don't know, man, because the NWO were fresh into the NWO and you watch these nitros leading up to the show. And it's all about the NWO. That's the only story going on. It's the thread throughout the entire show. So and it's you got this sense of WCW all banding together to take on the NWO. So now when you have like WCW versus WCW, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of story there. It's like, okay, the real story is that we're fighting the NWO, but I guess we'll have this match on the side. Maybe it's to me. Every match kind of felt like that. It felt like there was a lack of foundation to all the stories. So maybe I didn't care as much about the results of a lot of these matches. So I think that was kind of the case here. I I couldn't tell you, like I said, I watched all the nitros. I can't, I couldn't tell you why this match is happening other than the fact that Eddie Guerrero, I guess has been getting wins and earned a title match of some sort. Maybe I don't know, but I don't know. I I always pop for a flare. uh, He gets shoved and falls on his ass or he gets slapped and he just like so dramatically takes a bump. It's just, Great shit. Yo, Eddie looked really good. He hit corner drop kicks. He hit a nest. The frog splash was awesome, but after he hit the frog splash, he hits his knee on the ground, and that's, like, where the match goes to shit because you didn't execute your fo- your frog splash, right? Like, what a goose. What a fucking gander. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a Ric Flair match. You're going to get a lot of leg work, as per usual. Um, and ultimately, you got Ric Flair. Locking in the figure four leg lock. Woman grabs his wrists for added leverage. And Eddie passes out in the figure four. And it's a pinfall victory with the figure four, which I thought was fun. But um, it was a fine match, I guess. I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. It's, 
I, I will say this though. One note: it was was the brain Bobby Heenan ribbing Vince McMahon in this match because he was doing the oh he got him oh no he didn't like just through this entire match maybe even like the rest of the show honestly I feel like you did it all night honestly and he was he like have. awkwardly hating on well obviously not awkwardly hating on the NWO he was hitting on the NWO and Hogan but kind of back ended like backhandedly complimenting them at the same time mm-hmm. it was uh really weird we'll we'll talk about that finding the balance of being a heel commentator but also playing into the Good overall storyline oh and that's why you're sexy both in oh, come on body and in the brain that just just you the legs the, you are the sexy brain i'm just a piece of meat you are uh, i'd like to chew on you Damn. yeah snap into me like a slim gym you know what i'm saying i wish Macho where the fuck was, was he that's a great question maybe he, just selling uh, his selling the three leg drops still like <laughs> it's the worst thing that's ever happened look his throat will never recover i don't like, think what the fuck the three leg drops of doom never forget it fuck um but kind of playing into what we were just talking about like everybody facing off against the nwo everybody banding together we got the giant cutting a promo saying he's talking about all this shit like i was a hogan fan as a kid and he turned his back on me motherfucker you th- try to throw this guy off a building a few months ago like well, all of a sudden you're like oh my hero just disappointed me suck my cock paul oh. Hog, Paul, hog, suck my hog. You know what I'm saying? Seven foot four piece of shit. I was thinking yeah. the same fucking thing. I was like, you dumb bitch. Your objective has been to end Hulkamania. What the fuck are you even monster trucks? About? Did we forget about the monster trucks? What the fuck? This guy, Yete, butt fucking him into submission. He took Hogan and corn cobbed him like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> and all of a sudden, oh, Hogan, how could you? Maybe because you penetrated him to death and then made him. Maybe that's why Hogan turned heel, because he docked him to death. And then he tried saying, oh, it's, it's just like the Bobby the Brain Heenan thing, like which was Bobby was Bobby's had a case because Bobby's been saying this for fucking 12 years now. But the giant goes. Well, I saw it before everybody else saw it coming. No, you didn't, you big dumb bitch. <laughs> no, you didn't. All right, shut your fucking mouth, jabroni. Stupid God. ass big show. I'm glad dumb his dad ass. got drugged by a casket. By I watched that truck. the other day on Twitter. That was fucking fascinating, bro. <laughs> fascinating. Like, what the fuck? Who wrote that shit? Wrestling. Wrestling never fails. Yo, he was there. Big Bubba. He was one of the guys on the hogs. Well, Big Bubba's a hog master, I think. I mean, if there's a, if there's ever a hog guy, if you ever need a guy on a hog, call Big Bubba. I can I mean, see it. He was probably rubbing hogs as the correctional officer in Cobb County. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, there was a lot of points in the show where they're showing a guy on a bike, and I'm like, is that Big Bubba or just literally anybody else at this thing? <laughs> big Bubba all... was all, like, hairy, too, at this point. His hair was, like, covering his ears, and he had, like, this big, thick beard. Mm. Did he? Yeah, I guess yeah, he because yeah. he got his beard shaved by John Tenta, I believe, because he's not a shark. He's a man. But and he hasn't been back since. Back. Another guy who hasn't been back since, huh? No, Bubba's been around. John Tenta, I don't know where he's been. Maybe he's swimming in the sea trying to find himself again. I don't know. Fucking shark. Come back as fucking. What's a, What's another natural disaster he could be? That wasn't already taken. It was an earthquake. He was an avalanche. He was a shark. It could be. He was uh, a galaga. A what? A galaga. 
hell is that? Remember the oddities? Golga? Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking this is a late 90s WCW gimmick. I was like, what please I tell. Golaga? Golga? Golaga? Golaga. That's... Stupid fucking name either way is what it is. <laughs> Galaga would have been better, I think. Maybe. It's like Galaga. Is it the, yeah, you're too young. Is a game on Nintendo. Is. You're way too I've young. Is that like the pew pew, like the ball Galaga. with two sticks? That's Pong. Yeah, it's Nintendo. You're way too young for Nintendo. Is there? Uh, is it on Xbox Live? No, it's on Nintendo. Oh. Like the system from like 1990. You probably, yeah, you're just a wee little baby. You weren't even no. born yet. Is that is that wood powered? Wood fire powered? <laughs> kind of a hamster running next to it. Yeah, for sure. It was like a crank. All right. Yeah, I love yeah. love history. Yeah, love put it history. by like the, get the, get some solar power or something from the sun. We actually didn't even know about solar power. Back I don't then. even think the sun was around back then. You know what I'm saying? I think it was invented <laughs> around the time Rugrats came into the picture. If I had to oh, guess. Shit. Um. Well, the sun is setting on this show as we rev into as we fuck as we ride into Lex Luger and Sting taking on the outsiders of course Kevin Nash and Scott Hall so it's kind of a uh, kind of in a way a bash at the beach rematch just minus uh Macho Man pretty much and Hogan I guess technically um Sting and Nash spit on each other in the beginning which is kind of hot um Sting body slammed out. Oh, this is another match where there's just a bunch of shit happening and it's like a, another weird real. This is the, probably the weirdest finish of the entire night. I mean, it's again more for, for beefy guy. I think everybody's kind of beefy in the 90s. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but in the wild match kind of just if yeah, they were and uh, the match is fine. Like, it was just another OK match. Didn't really stick with me, I guess. I don't know. What do you think about this? I had a couple of thoughts. Um, first of all, Sting looks so stupid with his face paint and his bandana. I didn't know what the fuck he had going on. I was like, what What are you doing? He's dude? a biker. He, uh, he actually, I guess he was. I guess Steve Borden, the man. Is... That's Sting. That's Sting on a bike. Woo! Or what, what does he do? It, ah! it, I think he used to do woo! And then it like changed, I guess, when we got older. I, I guess him and Flair just have different like octaves to their woos yeah. you're are you a are you a musician i, I used like... to play the bass clarinet oh okay yeah. you're probably really good no it's pretty bad you probably blew it like really good into the mouthpiece no it was do you know anything about woodwinds because <laughs> you gotta you gotta have you have the mouthpiece right and you have a little reed it's called it's a little wooden piece and then the the way the wood and the metal or the whatever they bang together and they make the noise. The reeds were always, I don't know, you get you hit it wrong. I'll, we'll talk more offline about woodwinds. Maybe that'll be our other offshoot podcast, Woodwinds and Company. Um, mm, sounds like a good time. No, yeah. but the match itself, as a Lex Luger guy that I am, it's always great to see Lex Luger in the ring. Um, they tried selling it on commentary, like, Sting took Luger out at Bash of the Beach. We obviously know that he did, but like he didn't do it on purpose. They tried selling some friction between them. Obviously, we know where they're going with that. The match itself was fine. Like I feel like this was a lot like Benoit Malenko and Flair and Guerrero that I just mm-hmm. kind of 
I hate to say it. I just didn't care as fucked up as that is to say. And I don't know why I didn't care. Maybe it was the ending was so piss poor. Like, I didn't realize they went into the Nick Patrick thing so soon. Like, they start the yeah. Nick, like the, the, the match ended with Nick Patrick chop blocking Lex Luger on accident. And, and Lex Luger so just, cute. and you mean to tell me that Lex Luger just loses via a chop block? Like, that's how Lex Luger gets pinned because Nick Patrick falls and chop blocks him? Like, are you fucking me? And then, sure, it was a quick. Yeah, and, fast count. And Dusty did call the fast count out. And Bobby's like, no, 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 no. So Bobby the Brain was kind of playing NWO-ish. But like Kyle said, he's trying to figure out that line between heel and face still at this point, which makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. The match was fine. The ending was stupid. Uh, the Nick Patrick thing, damn, if it starts right now and like doesn't come to fruition until February, like I don't think, that's a long story arc. Oh man, it's a whole arc. Like they're like you said, they're putting it over like, oh, did Nick Patrick fall? Was that an accident? Was that a fast count? And it's like, yeah, like with our eyes, we can see this. Or even our just our ears, if we can kind of could take this in. It's like, yeah, he screwed him over. Like, what Nick Patrick's just gonna fall and happen to chop block his leg. I, I, I like looked away for a second as I was watching this, and all of a sudden Lex Luger's on the floor, Nick Patrick's fast counting it. So I rewind it. It made me even more confused. I don't even know what the hell happened. It just ended. And again, just a really goofy finish that made Lex look. Sh- Lex was probably the best part of this match. Honestly, I feel like Lex is starting to get really hot at this point. The crowd loves Lex Luger. And um, yeah, just seeing him get a pin like this was another black. guy. Took the spotlight away from Flair because the, the role I'm saying Flair could have went into Luger went into. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. But Luger Piper Gold. No flair. Well, we got the outsiders winning here, which again, this is the NWO show at this point, so it makes sense. But um You gotta put these guys over, of course. It's the fucking first pay-per-view of the NWO. I do like how commentary talked the whole time about there being a fourth man and how someone's pulling the strings. God, God, it's so cool that it ended up being Bischoff. Obviously, yeah, the fourth yeah. man wasn't Bischoff, it was DiBiase. The giant joining the NWO is just so stupid. But let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this is like all stuff that I've heard about in hindsight. And as I'm watching this in real time, chronologically, I was like, how does the giant become an NWO? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Before the you- next member, the next, the next actual wrestler is him. Tell me how, how. It's kind of the theme of his career, though. Like, flip-flopping back and forth. I'll tell you what. Another timeline that I cover is Ruthless Aggression. This dude, the giant, he lost the WWE title to Kurt Angle. The next night aligns with Kurt Angle. So, you know, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. Maybe he's just a easily manipulated oaf, this Paul White is. Do you think Paul White's got a big hog? I bet it's not as big as you think. You think like you think like seven inches or not that big? Like, if you put his hog on me or you, it would look big. But okay. on him, it looks like a pecker, I would say. Okay. All right. That's fair. I respect that. I think seven inches is fair. It's not super thick, though. Oh, okay. All right. But I bet it's well-groomed. I bet it's as bald as his head is. Mm, I can see it. I can see it for sure. Yeah. Well, we got giant and his average, I guess, hog. Uh, take it on. Defending the World Heavyweight Championship against 
Hollywood Hulk Hogan. This dastardly Hulk Hogan ruined the dreams of all the Hulkamaniacs. They've been taking these stupid vitamins for all these years for no reason. Got Hogan out here coming out in the black. No more red and yellow, brother. Um, then the so I didn't hate this match, honestly. These two have had some shitty matches in the past. Maybe that's my bar. Maybe that's why I didn't hate this that much. But um, if it had a big fight feel leading into it, you had Michael Buffer doing the ring intros where like because it's like nighttime at this point. So it's literally just him and like a black background. But you hear the bikes revving up as he's announcing the guys and you got the horns going. You got two big hogs in there facing off against each other. And it is what it is. I mean, we'll talk about it. But let me ask you this. Does does Hogan work better as a chicken shit heel? So much better, dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a way better worker. I was enjoying he, it. His um back ranks and punch, punch, punch. His moveset makes way more sense as a heel. Yeah. I mean, him, even him like rolling out of the ring and kind of pseudo running away from the giant and hiding in the ropes to avoid his strikes and jaw jacking with the crowd hey shut up like it was so cool to see hogan doing this after all this stupid bullshit that he'd been doing the past few years so and it was great it was great seeing the flip side watching the giant hulk up on hulk hogan right hogan boom giant boom giant boom giant and then oh you know what actually bothered me about the whole sequence tell me what was the biggest part about the hulk up it was the you and all the giant did was go you so you did this monster hulk up which was awesome and then you mm. just go you you buddy hey you over here yeah, it was, it's you it was lame so that part was lame but I like yeah the yeah, yeah he, he goes for the choke slam instead of the leg drop after the big boot hogan counters it though or this is when scott hall comes in climbs to the top rope giant throws him in the ring slams him Nash gets in there. I think he grabs Jimmy Hart's megaphone, which of course is Jimmy Hart's out there with the giant dungeon of doom and all that. Uh, Nash gets choke slammed, which is a fun sight. But you know he's beating up Hall. He's beating up Nash. The giant turns around right into the gold belts that Hogan is smashing him in the head with. Hogan clocks Giant with the world title, pins him one two three. We got a new world heavyweight champion. Hollywood Hulk Hogan trash in the ring again, of course, but by God, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Why is the booty man here, Tim? Dude, I was so fucking confused. Why brood. was walking out of the ring. I was like, wait, with a cake in an NWO shirt. I was like, this guy's not allowed to be in the NWO. Wasn't he just in the dungeon? Just fucking trying to take out Hogan for month after month Ugh. after month after month. Like I'm doing getting that. seasick trying to t- trying to manage all of these back and forth storylines. Because the disciple becomes a thing eventually. But I didn't right. think it was this early. No, but no, he'll be here later in the year to help him against Piper. Thank so God. he'll come back with a beer. But he's not the same guy. Remind, remember. Brother Brudai and uh, Zodiac, they're not the same guy. And uh, Disciple, he will not be the same guy. Wait, so so the, so they're like in kayfabe, but they're not the same person? I don't think so. That's I'm not, I, don't, I don't think so. Because he sold it as my best. I mean, you know, 
After the match, when Brutus walked out with a cake in an NWO shirt, Hogan sold it as, this is the guy who's been there with me for the past 20 years. This is my best friend. He's never turned his back on me. Clearly, he wouldn't say that if, you know, the Zodiac who's been trying to fucking kill him for the past year and a half with the right. Dungeon of Doom. So I liked how I did like this. It didn't make any sense to me at first, but I liked how, and this is where, this is what takes me back to the comments I made earlier. This is where I thought Hogan and Flair could have had a big program or at least a big pay-per-view match because Hogan goes, hey, Flair, all you talked about earlier was how you cared about Arn Anderson. Well, this is my best friend. And hey, he goes and whispers in Nash's ear, get him, guys. And they attacked Brutai, beat the fuck out of him. Mm -hmm. I don't have friends. You don't mix business with friendship. And that's what the NWO is here to fucking do. So, man, I'm just like, fuck, give me Hogan. Give me Flair, Halloween Havoc, big mm. match. Let's go. No, it's going out on Thursday night. Clash at the fucking cab. Clash of the champions. Come on, man. Come on. Getting getting hyped. No, I, I'm with you, man. I mean, it's definitely bizarre that they just kind of uh, blow their load a little bit. What a mere, like less than a week after this, I think. So, um, but yeah, Booty Man's here. He's comes out. This is like when you're like, watching porn and it's like not a good video because they've been building up till the fourth who's the fourth guy and everybody has all these theories and then he's got stupid booty man and an mwo shirt holding a cake is like do i finish do i hold it in it kind of <laughs> dribbles out now i'm sad that's kind of how i felt watching this but then thankfully he got beat up and the disciple being a different person. I hope that's a, that's a real thing. Cause that would make this make more sense because like, why would he just come back? I don't know. Um, but then of course the, probably what this show is most known for afterwards, they beat up booty man giant, by the way, is still dead. Like he's just, he's still in the middle of the ring, just angel legs are spread. Like he's deceased and uh, Hogan takes the world title black spray paint and W O on the world title, an iconic visual. And uh, that's how we closed the show out. So good ending though. We a bunch of stupid shit on the way, but NWO on top as it should be, I guess. Right. Yeah, man, it was, um, it wasn't a bad show by any means. I don't know that it's the fourth best pay-per-view in WCW history. If so, woof. Um, mm. I got a lot to go back in rethink my childhood on but <laughs> this is just whoever votes on cage match so take no, that no, I, which grain of salt which typically is pretty good i don't disagree with a lot of it also could it, be like the low bar set before this maybe people are being a little more generous well they were really bad shows before this like yeah when, and we have to remember wcw only like started in 1994 or three ish like yeah it was like it was NWA up until then. WCW it was like a slow transition. Like, yeah, it was yeah. only like a six and a half year fucking seven year thing. It wasn't this yeah. long thing. Like, like it was only WCW for like six and a half, seven years. So mm -hmm. maybe that's why. But again, if this was the fourth best show, then that's. I get why well, we're not talking about. Well, we're talking about WCW, but I guess why we're talking about WCW <laughs> in the past. Well, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more shows in the future. So we'll uh, we'll see if that's correct or not but yeah man hog wild if you had to give this grade or if you had to give this show a grade from a to f what do you think you would throw at it i'll give it a c it was it was a c yeah i might yeah. give it a b 
I think it bumps up a little bit because just of the vibe of the whole show I thought was pretty solid. But like match to match, there wasn't a lot of greats. But I think as a whole, I think the whole is more than the sum of the parts. Is that the phrase? Probably not. I think so. Um, I think so. No. Yeah, maybe like a C plus. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It was like I, I always do it like like out of ten. I'd give it a, like a seven and a half out of ten. So okay. Like a, so it's like a C. It's like a seventy five percent. So like so like the giant's dick. You would give this. Yeah, like a seven point five. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm sure On he's a good day. Seven point five. Yeah. On a warm day. Well. Yeah. Speaking of a seven point five inch penis. Hmm. I don't know. Thanks for coming. I was going to say you take you taking it out. You, oh no, it's not you, seven. Are you, are you dropping it? Uh it's not. It's not presentation ready. It's a whole thing. It's a whole process. I need a blue chew. I need a Vicodin. The whole thing. Grower. Um, yeah. Oh, yo, your video. Let me tell you, that video that you that you made about CM Punk was fucking epic. I watched it at least 120 times. <laughs> um, and I watched it about 100 out of 120 of those times because in those khaki pants. You have a nice outline of your hog, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, God, look at sexy Kyle's hog while he's on the treadmill. Look at him while he's walking out of the bathroom. Look yeah. at him while he's making coffee for himself. I'm like, look at that hog. When you can see the outline of the hog, good <laughs> hog. I eat them. Well, now I know how to sell myself. Just maybe I should maybe I should have this camera underneath the desk. Maybe that's how I get the views. It's worth trying, right? Man. You, you'd be a catch on OnlyFans. I think some Twitch streamers do that. You know, like the stupid ones with the tits and the... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I could be one yeah. of those. I You'd be great. I'd be the king of it. But speaking of kings, Tim King. <laughs> appreciate you coming on once again, talking some WCW. Where can everybody find you, look at you, taste you, and all the delicious stuff that you got going on? Oh, man, I'd love to taste you, man. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me on, dude. It was a fucking blast, as it always is. You can find me on Floor Slapper Sports. That's right. I went back to the homeland, the home front, doing the Floor Slapper Sports thing again. And uh, that's just kind of uh, where you can find me on YouTube is Floor Slapper Sports. But I I went back to the homeland again. Uh, The Wrestling Index Podcast is back. I just dropped an episode this afternoon. You can go check it out. What I'm doing is uh, small episodes booking WrestleMania per wrestler. So I started with Roman Reigns today, Cody Rhodes, Becky Lynch, Rhea, Seth, Phil, the works. That's how we're going to do it. Um, Leading all the way up to WrestleMania. Plus, I got some nostalgic stuff coming. Of course, you can have great nostalgic shows right here on the apron bump. But what I'm doing, I'm starting back all the way to Starcade 1983. Gonna try to do like one a week. Have yeah, it's a show that's never gonna end. Have some guests on along the way. Go back and watch Flair versus Harley Race. Go to 84. Go to WrestleMania one. Go to Starcade 85. Go to WrestleMania two. And, and it's actually funny because I wrote out the first 40, and it is so funny how these shows or how these two promotions combat against each other. Because every time WCW adds one. WWF adds one every time WWF right. adds one. So it's like by that time in 83, you have one. 85, you got like two each. By 89, you got six shows each. Fucking crazy. And I'm gonna do like I'm gonna try to do like one of those a week just to have fun. I love watching old school mm-hmm. wrestling. And then of course I'm gonna talk my current product. CM Punk's back. He fucking rejuvenated me. He fucking <laughs> lit a fucking fire under my asshole. Yes, yes. Let's go. Oh, he's revving up. He's oh, revving up. God, I'm Getting on that hog. Oh, I don't know about being on his hog. 
That's why your video, he's throwing that hog everywhere. No, it's Bye everywhere. <laughs> Come on. Everywhere you go. Everywhere, everywhere you look. Ah, uh, there's a place. There's a place. Somebody who needs you. But that's where you can find me, Floor Cypher Sports on the Wrestling Index Podcast. Kyle, I love you, man. Thank you so much. I had a fucking blast tonight, dude. Hail Satan. Why don't you take us out with uh, the Dungeon of Doom theme song? <laughs> once again thank you to tim for joining me on this show always a good time having tim on love having him talking some wcw uh go follow tim king at the tim king show on x floorslappersports.com will take you to wherever you need regarding my boy tk lovely boy give him a follow give him a subscribe uh do the same to me Leave a comment, rate, review, all that shit. You know what to do. But hey, you know what we need to do? We need to hit that jingle, Bartholomew. WCW, ECW, WWF, who's the hardest promotion? Eric or Vince or Polly? I think we can agree, though. It's mostly shit. Alrighty then. The hardest promotion battle of 1996 continues. If you're coming into this cold, you might be asking yourself, what the hell is that the hardest part of the ring? Well, let me tell you. So we're going to compare WWF, WCW, and ECW. We're going to compare them at this moment in time. So as of August 10th, 1996. So we're not taking into account, you know, hindsight as far as like what happens in the future after that date, right? We're, we're, we're just looking at this moment in time as if we were watching live, right? We're going to take the three companies. We're going to, we're going to compare their, uh, their pay-per-view qualities. We're going to compare their in-ring product, their rosters, and we're going to compare their out-of-ring product. We'll get into all the individual characteristics and all the point values and all that stuff. First things first, let's take a look at the scoreboard where we are sitting as of August 10th, 1996. Currently, WWF is in the lead with 14 points, ECW in second with six, WCW in the rear with Two and whoever has the most points at the end of 1996, I will purchase a championship belt of that company and uh, drape it over my genitals or something. I don't know. We'll see. But high stakes. But first things first. Let's grade this show. Let's move over to this tab. So we got Hog Wild 1996 from a scale of S to F. S being the best show ever. F being just a piss poor debauchery. So what are we thinking? So we kind of we touched on it in the podcast itself. Definitely like a C or a B. We're thinking definitely C or B here. Um, I'm inclined to throw it a B just because like there's a lot of factors into the quality of a pay-per-view, right? It's the in-ring, it's the storylines, it's just the overall vibe of the show, which I feel like this show was a big vibes show like it just felt like a big deal especially like as the sun started to set just felt really cool and even like when it was sunny outside it felt really unique and it felt like a cool atmosphere and i feel like that contributes to a quality of the show like that's not something that can be ignored and the in-ring stuff and we talked about it in the show like a lot of it kind of left a lot to be desired but i wouldn't go and say that it was outright bad you know what i'm saying um 
some big angles there towards the end. I'm thinking like B minus here. I think a C would be a, uh, a misjustice. Misjustice? Injustice? I don't know. I'm going to say B minus, but for the, you know, the purposes of this, we're going to throw a B at it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a fairly entertaining watch. I thought so. Um, so what does that mean? So we'll go back to this tab and we look at these cells here. We look at which company has the best average score for their pay-per-views. As of right now, WWF still has the best high or has um, the highest average for their shows. They're averaging at about a B, whereas WCW is sitting at about a C right now. And ECW is like at a D plus, I guess. I don't know what you would call that. But what that means is that WWF still has the highest overall average special event grade. So they get six points for that, or they maintain those six points because they had that previously as well. So. Now is where we will start diving into the points and all the different criteria. So best pay-per-view of the year, still WrestleMania 12. As of right now, it's the only A that's been given. So WWF maintains those two points. Worst pay-per-view, WCW Super Brawl. Again, that was an, an F grade, and this is a B. So uh, Super Brawl still maintains that. So WCW keeps that negative one point. So no changes to the scoreboard yet. In-ring. So we're looking at the, just the overall product. So not just the show, but just kind of w, the, the, each company as a whole at this point. Right now, we're tracking WWF as the best overall in-ring product. Because they've been putting on some good pay-per-views. And even like on the... No one's particularly blowing, you know... No, no one's creating fire on TV at this point. You know what I'm saying? So especially from an in-ring standpoint. I think WWF still might edge out <clears throat> WCW here. Because um, WCW, as far as in-ring, I mean, they're really leaning on the cruiserweight division. And, you know, we just saw Ray and Ultimo Dragon kind of have a pretty lackluster match. And there were some fine matches on this show. But from purely in-ring, I don't think anything really edges out WWF here. So. The World Wrestling Federation maintains those four points. So the best match of the year so far, we're tracking Shawn Michaels and Diesel from In Your House 7. Um, so I guess the question is, what is the best match of Hogwild and what is the worst match of Hogwild? Best match, I would... Um, it's a good question. Honestly, I might throw it at Medusa and... Bull Nakano, honestly. Ray and Ultimo Dragon was fine. Uh, Benoit Malenko was fine. We talked about how it just felt like a chore to watch, though, so I don't know. Eddie and Flair was fine. Yeah, nothing on this show is better than Sean and Diesel. I'll put it that way. So WWF maintains that two points. Worst match of the year, Ultimate Warrior versus Gold Dust, also at In Your House 7. Worst match on the show, probably uh, Scott Norton and Ice Train, I'd have to say. Um, Hogan and Giant wasn't bad. Um, the Outsiders match kind of sucked, too. But yeah, I would say Norton and Ice Train was the worst. Was that worse? 
and then Ultimate Warrior and Gold Dust. I don't think so. Purely because Norton and Ice Train was relatively short and sweet, whereas Goddamn Pal, Warrior and Gold Dust, they took their time just doing nothing. <laughs> so uh, it was just all around stupidity that match. So it's, that, that one's going to be hard to beat. I'm going to say that. So WWF maintains that negative one point. Roster star power. WCW currently is in the lead with this. And I wouldn't say anything's really changed. You know what I mean? Like I said, I've said in previous episodes, they got Hogan, they got Flair, the NWO, Nash and Hall. They got the Cruiserweights coming in. They got Harlem Heat and the Stein. Like, they got a great roster, a really full roster. And I don't think there's really there's really been much change um, since the last time I looked at this to really warrant any changes here. So WCW maintains that four points. Wrestler of the year. Currently tracking Shawn Michaels as the best. Uh, who on this show could possibly overtake him? You could say Hogan, but I, I wouldn't say Hogan yet, if ever. Um, Rey Mysterio you could throw out there. Dean Malenko. Um, Eddie Guerrero was a good shout. Ric Flair. I don't know if anybody's beating Shawn Michaels right now. I don't think so. Yeah, I think Shawn Michaels holds on to this for now. So WWF maintains that two points. Worst wrestler of the year. Ultimate warrior. Um, See, the thing is, warrior's gone now. So that's something that we have to consider. Like what Ultimate Warrior contributed when he was around in this year was very bad. Awful, even. But we got to factor in the impact. Like if he isn't there for a long time, is he really the worst? You know, is there somebody that's maybe not quite as bad, but sticks around for a long time? I'm thinking... um, I mean, I don't know who from WCW this would be. It used to be Kevin Sullivan, but he's kind of taken a step back from the on-screen stuff. I wouldn't say Hogan. Especially, I think he's kind of on the upswing at this point. Um, I mean, who who else? <laughs> Ice Train, Scott Norton. Um... Yeah, I don't think anybody from this show or from WCW is really doing anything worse than Warrior, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that because I don't think Warrior is going to maintain that throughout the entire year, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Out of ring. So we're looking at gimmicks, characters, promos, storylines. Best overall out of ring. We're currently tracking ECW as the best. And I think I'm going to maintain that here because while WCW has the NWO, I wouldn't say it's necessarily on fire yet. I think it's very good. You know, doing my best to kind of put myself in the shoes of like in this time, right? August 10th, 1996. I think the NWO is good. I think we're still cooking, though. I think it's still in the oven. I don't think it's a delicious pastry yet. Whereas ECW just has like top to bottom 
good to great stories like all throughout the card like it's not just a one a one trick pony which is you could say wcw is and we talked about that a lot in the episode about how that kind of negatively impacted any like the rest of the card because not, there weren't a lot of uh you know the, the foundation of the stories outside of the nwo is pretty non-existent so that's something you also got to consider so ecw i would say is the best still so they maintain those four points. Uh, best character storyline. We're tracking Sandman and Raven as the best at this point. From ECW, of course. Is the NWO the best character slash storyline going right now? Is it better than Sandman and Raven? That's a tough one because Sandman and Raven is very personal. You know, you got uh, Raven basically stealing Sandman's son and his ex-wife and making them join Raven's cult while also, you know, Raven's defending his title with a broken foot through nefarious means, you know, using Stevie Richards and all that shit. Whereas the NWO, I mean, we know what it would go on to be, but we're, we're, remember, we're focusing on at this point. So Hogan's the world champion. They got the world champion. They spray painted the title. Hall and Nash. It's just those three at this point. You know, we did the whole deal where they attacked backstage. They threw Rey Mysterio like a lawn dart into the trailer. They had this big segment. It was like a half hour segment where ambulances were coming and the whole the whole locker room was going out there to check on these guys. And they're building the NWO. They're building a great foundation. Um, is it better than what Sandman and Raven is already what they've already built to this point? Um, um I'm going to say no, I'm going to say not yet. Well, I almost want to just <laughs> switch this to NWO because I think it might be inevitable, but it might not be. I don't know. We're going to keep Sandman and Raven there as the best character in storyline. I think the stuff there is just so good. Whereas the NWO I think is not great yet, but it's going to be like, you could tell it's going to be, but for right now, ECW maintains those two points. Worst character storyline, dungeon of doom. I feel like we got to take this off. No, I feel like the dungeon of doom. I mean, first of all, it's like, virtually non-existent i mean it's it's there it's present but it's not a uh it's not a focal point of the show by any means and even like the parts that you know but we also got to consider we it's not just this point in time it's it's this point in time but also the year that's happened previous to this because the dungeon of doom was really shit in the beginning of the year for the first couple months. But then they've they've taken a step back. It's become a bit more it's it's become like a more of like a passive faction that just kind of exists, but it's not too in your face, at least at this point. So it's, it's kind of things we gotta consider too, as far as being the worst character, worst storyline. Anything on this show? What else on this show would be uh or this in WCW at this point would be bad? Um, 
I mean, nothing comes to mind. You could say Ice Train and Norton, but that really isn't significant enough, I don't think. Uh, the whole Sonny Ono, Bull Nakano, Medusa deal, Colonel Parker and Sherry's pretty shit with the Harlem Heat, but the Harlem Heat's great in their own right, so I don't think that's really a, a fair statement. And on Nitro, though, like I don't, I don't talk too much about the Nitro specifically, but there's some bad stuff on Nitro, bro. There's like hard work, Bobby Walker. There's uh, Mike Enos. There's just a lot of bad, just kind of enhancement guys, but I, I wouldn't say they're the worst of the year. We'll keep Dungeon of Doom. I have a feeling this category might fall to like a WWF at some point. I mean, you could well, do we put Warrior also? <laughs> Even though, like we we talked about, that was very short lived. I would say that was probably worse, but was it as significant? This might just be fruit for thought for later. Maybe when we get to the end of the year, that's something we consider. I'll keep Dungeon of Doom there because it is just very stupid. It's just a stupid, stupid faction. <laughs> and Big Show, we talked about how much of a big, dumb idiot he is. So I don't know. We'll keep Dungeon of Hey. My cat, Dwayne, has a cone on his head and my other cat, Rock is hissing at him because she doesn't understand that it's the same cat. So I'm trying to keep an ear up. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I, you know what? I don't think there's any changes. All the, all of that to say, I think we are still in the same position, but we just got more things to consider going forward. So a few things kind of teetering on the edge of changing, but WWF still maintains the lead here at 14 points, ECW at six, WCW at two. And that's where we're at, baby. How many shows we got left? Look at this list here. So we've covered 24 shows. Jesus Christ. Uh, 24 shows in 19. Is that right? God damn. I've, 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 I'm just yapping a lot, aren't I? Jiminy crickets. Uh, 24 shows and we got 11 left. So we're, we're getting down to the wire here a little bit. WCW only has three more shows for this year. So I don't know, man, it's going to be a close one. I think, I think we got a lot coming down the pipe, uh, here at the end of 96. So stay tuned, make sure you're subscribed and all that. And I think I've yapped enough. Yapopotamus. They should call me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. But appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you guys watching, listening, tasting, all of that stuff. That's all I got. Daddy's got nothing else for you. Appreciate you guys. Have a blessed day. Is this the first episode of 24? Let me, let me check that. Let me check that. Oh, wait. Yeah, first apron bump of 2024. What a time. What a time to be alive. Get the hell out of here. Well, I don't know why you're still here. Get out. Go. I love you. Mwah.
I'm hard.